This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth. Exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host. Kind of my thought with this is just, I mean, you have this unique story of starting off as a painter and working your way up and really, and now I don't know how many companies you run. It seems like at least two, maybe who knows what else you got going on. And um, I think it'd be kind of fun just to hear, uh, take some time and hear about that journey. If you're, yeah. if that sounds good to you. Sounds great to me. So just to start, like where, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like? Yeah. Uh, so I actually grew up in a, in a large family. So six brothers and uh couple sisters. I was the third oldest. Um, so that, that was a, actually a great experience. Um, and I think probably taught me a lot about uh, hard work. And, you know, we didn't have much growing up. We had plenty as far as like, I never knew anything different. Uh, but looking back, I'm always impressed that um, how we made it by probably with my mom stayed home and my dad uh, work. And so that was, um, we had to work for everything we got from a young age. So, I mean, I always had a job, you know, probably since, you know, the age of 10 or 11. Um, <laughs> what, was and, your first, uh, what was your first job? Uh, my first job was working actually in a little machine shop. So we would either fight, it was a couple miles or probably a mile away, or he would come pick us up. So doing, I don't know, deburring, um, aluminum or cutting uh they actually were a lot of them were aluminum ladder racks and uh so you're either cutting aluminum sheets or uh punching holes in them or filing them down so that was early and then i actually did a a couple summers of uh landscaping so that was uh you know just fertilizing and planting and mowing lawns and you know uh, things like that. And then I think the first year I worked um, here was, I was probably 16, maybe 15. Um, and a couple of my brothers actually that were older than me had started working here in the summers. Mm. Well, what, so number was, were you, what number were you in the lineup of siblings? Third. Yep. Third. third so um, that, yeah. Did you get along with your siblings? Yeah, we had a great, great childhood. We, we um, certainly probably had some, uh, some decent tussles or fights, you know, but it was, uh, it was fantastic. I still get along with them all great, um, you know, but everybody, uh, I don't know, I always think maybe it's different in every family, but, you know, if the boys got mad at each other, you, you, maybe you fought a little bit and then you were done with it and then you're buddies yeah. again. Um, so that was, and, and, was super and fun. What'd your dad do for work? He's an engineer, structural. Mm. So, yeah. So part of my journey, um, I'll, I'll get back to that part of it, but I started working um, here doing just at the lowest level, you know, probably, I think it was like four bucks an hour. And a lot of that was, you know, sort of the prep work of 
for painting projects, you know, if it was masking or cleaning up or power washing or um, moving tarps or, you know, anything like that. And so I've really seen a lot of um, the different areas of the business, almost every area I've worked through different, um, different jobs and uh, learned a lot about it. So, and then as I, um, I moved up pretty quick and ended up doing uh, running crews probably by the time I was 17, I think. Wow. And uh, I, I was going to school, actually I went to running start. So I went to college my last two years of high school. Um, so 11th and 12th grade. Um, and my plan was to go to be an engineer that's what both of my older brothers um, had done. And my dad was an engineer as well. So I don't know, that's what I knew. So I decided to start going down that path. Um, but by my third year of college for engineering, I figured out quickly that, or well, not quickly, but I figured out that I, I certainly didn't wasn't cut out to be an engineer and sit behind a desk and um, crunch numbers. Mm and try uh, um, do that. So I was working here and um, Chip had given me the opportunity to do pretty much anything I wanted to do. And uh, so I, I was running a couple crews and he talked me into coming and doing sales. Um, I didn't have any experience um, doing any of that. Was that, that was, a, was that a tough decision to, I mean, you're three years into your college degree and then you choose to go full-time with work. Was that, was there any no, trepidations there? No, that was, it was pretty easy. So I, I actually wanted to, uh, at the time I thought, because I'd started doing sales um, during the summer and working in the office and business really intrigued me. So I thought, well, mm -hmm. I'll go back for, um, business, but I tried to get into Carlson and at the time it was like ridiculously high, uh, GPA you needed. And, uh, I was, I was short of that and I would have had to do, I think a year of kind of just makeup classes to get in. I think, I think at the time they wanted something like a three, nine or something like that to get in. So I was like, well, I'll see what happens with this. And then, you know, I didn't really have any grand plans or anything like that, but the opportunity was there. And so I was making a great living by that point. And uh, it, was, it was a great opportunity, I was having fun. So, you know, all of a sudden now it's, shoot, 28 years later or something like that. Um, and, you know, I'm still here, so it, it was, Pretty, uh, it's pretty incredible. So when, when you first started making money, like more than four bucks an hour and you, you know, thought, okay, maybe I'll just follow this path. Like, was your mindset um, very focused on business or were you enjoying business, but also enjoying life or like what, how focused were you? Yeah, I, I wasn't probably super focused. Well, at work, I was super focused. So I'm, you know, I think my childhood probably taught me a lot about hard work and um, 
you know, I, I always say no, no one will ever outwork me. Not that people mm. can't work as hard as me, but I'm, I'm pretty determined uh, in, I think most of my siblings are the same, but I'll find a way to get it done. Mm. You know, no matter what I'll, I'll, if I need to work more and that, that is something I've learned along the way is like just working as hard as you can work isn't always the best um, plan. I think you have to learn how to be strategic and um, you know, the saying work smarter more than uh, working harder. And that, that um, I, I still think work ethic super important and working hard is, um, and it's maybe something that we're lacking in our society in, in, in certain segments for sure, or groups of people or individuals, but um, so when I was working, I was super focused, but I, I wasn't super focused necessarily on the, like, hey, here's what I'm going to do. And here's the plan going forward. Like I'm going to get to here. I was just sort of, you know, the opportunity was there and I was capitalizing on it. I, I was making um, a good living and uh, we were having a lot of fun too. So it was, uh, it was a, that was a great time in life I didn't yeah no no grand plans or schemes you know gotcha. at that time. when when did that lesson about working smarter and not necessarily just being more like like harder like you know not, not always having just to be that blunt force object like but actually maybe having a little bit of uh nuance or a little touch like was there a moment that you learned that or is that just something that's kind of gradually seeped in yeah it was probably gradual i don't i don't remember ever a time where it's like all of a sudden like the light bulb went off and i realized like hey you know you, you actually have to have a little um vision and planning i think naturally i probably kind of could always see like where things could go mm. um but that was it, it was later you know, most of the time it was, um, I was probably fairly reactionary and um, whatever came at me, I'd figure out a way to get it done. And if there was, you know, something we needed more sales, I, I, I was, I was willing to figure out a way to do it and get it done. Or if we had more work, um, we, we, I always figured out a way like to, uh, to accomplish that. Mm. But yeah, so I, I think it was probably fairly gradual, and I think um, it's one of the uh, more important things um, that I continue to work on um, and try to focus on where we can go, and then you know building out those plans of how we're going to get there. When it comes to sales, what worked best for you, and maybe even still, but maybe in the beginning parts, was it a lot of door knocking and just a numbers game or was it um were you good at it because you're really good at like building relationships fast or what do you attribute the success there towards yeah i've thought a lot about this um throughout the years and i, I guess i i never had any sales training um more or less chip said hey you know go 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 get some sales and <laughs> That, that was the extent of it. So it, it was, it was a lot of just learning, um, on the fly in, I guess I, I always have 
thought of myself not as a salesperson, but I've been able to do uh, or make a lot of sales. Mm. And I've tried to, you know, try as far as like, as we've grown, how do we teach other people how to do it? And um, how do I get or share what I know? Because in a lot of cases, um, I don't feel like it's that difficult but I know it's one of the hardest jobs out there. And, but, so I think the key to it is to, to be able to build a relationship with someone super important, but to understand what issues they have and then how do you solve them hmm. um, is really what it comes down to. Of course, there's the basic things that you must do in any sale, I, I think is one you have to, create enough credibility where people feel like they can, um, or that you can solve the problem they have, or, you know, the work they have, like, can this company actually produce what they, or what we need them to produce? Um, so credibility is super important, as well as, um, obviously, do they trust you? Do they trust you're going to um, do the right thing for them? And then, um, I think it's, it goes back to, I always tell the team that it's all about operations um, in our business. And do we deliver what we say we're going to deliver? Um, mm -hmm. I can tell a customer all day long, hey, we're going to, you know, do this. And if the operations team doesn't do that, then, uh, you know, they're not going to come back. So I feel like we're, as a sales organization, we do best through operations and customer mm -hmm. service and really delivering um, that high level of excellence, um, being easy to work with and you know, trying to solve their problems, not necessarily just do what everybody else does, try to think about different and new ways um, for the customer. So it's gotta be about them. Mm. So if I'm hearing that right, it's kind of like whenever you're starting off with a new relationship or meeting somebody, because this is what I always think about is like, it's obvious that I have something that like the, the power dynamic in a vendor slash um, a customer relationship is it's clear, right? Like which way some who's going to pay who. So then it's like, how do you create authenticity in that and actually build a credible, authentic relationship. And it sounds like what you do is really ask questions to understand what their problems are and make them feel understood. And is it, is that kind of how you establish the trust on the front end? Yeah. And I, I mean, I think there's, there's different types of people as you go into, um, into that relationship to start and being able to recognize what um, type of person you're dealing with mm. um, matters a lot. So I think, you know, there's, I don't know, there's probably a thousand different um, personality assessments and types of people and whatnot, but you can break them down. And I don't necessarily do this in, it probably would be a good practice to get into is to, you know, Kind of break it down into a matrix of like what type of person you're dealing with but there are some people that they 
they want to like really get to know you first and like have a conversation. They're like, you know, chatty Kathy or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're more emotional and they want to understand just kind of like what kind of person you are. And then, you know, generalizing, like you take, say an engineer, they just want to know the numbers. They don't actually necessarily even maybe even want to talk to you. And oh, interesting. And so on there's, and so there's lots of different types of people. And if you, if you, um, take a person, say, like I mentioned on an engineer and you try, um, of course there are some of those and so you can't generalize. You have to, as you're talking with them, you have to be willing to be flexible as well. And looking at, um, like who you're dealing with. Cause if you try to go in and that person doesn't actually want to build a relationship with you or they don't want to talk um, about life, they just want to talk about their project. Tell me what you can do. Can you solve this for me? And what's it going to cost? And what are the outcomes and where's the value or whatever that may be, then they're just, they're not going to want to deal with you because mm. it's noise to them. It's, it's uh, probably annoying to them. So I always think about how do we meet our customers where they are? And there's a lot of, there's a personality component with that. Um, but there's also like a, you know, kind of a project side of it as well. That's, um, that's going to be different. So what, what are their needs and how do we solve that for them? Um, so that, I guess that is a big lesson that I learned early on. I used to sell, here's what we do. And, um, we're really good at it, which worked okay. But where I found more success is actually understanding where they're at and what their problems are and what we can solve and still not caving on what we believe and how we, um, will deliver that, but some people want everything really cheap, and we pride ourselves on doing a great job um, at whatever we're going to do. But mostly, where I shifted to was to deliver a great value to them, and so that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people. But how do we understand what they want and then to deliver that value? them to keep it to kind of go back to the timeline of your progression with fcp services so you're you know say early 20s you're doing sales maybe are you running a crew as well are you project managing or just focus on sales or what's the responsibilities kind of of a lot of everything (laughs) we we wore a lot of hats um in in most of the areas really the only thing um at that point we probably i probably didn't handle was like on the accounting side um we did have an someone in the office that you know put together the numbers um from the accounting side but you know as far as proposals and bids and collecting money and running crews and um so you had to get the work in you had to operate the work um as well did you did you find like similarities between working with customers and finding what they found valuable and then also were were there similarities with 
managing crews and understanding drivers within the crews and, and that sort of thing? Or um, how what, what was your experience with, because that's a whole nother element is selling. And then, yeah, like you said, it's all about the operational excellence and delivering on what you say. And a lot of organizations, they split sales and ops, but you got to do both. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is, this is an on, <clears throat> ongoing probably discussion for us as a business and how we do it. Um, I still always like sales and operations really tied together because I, I, I just think at the end of the day, if we put our people first, and our customers first, um, you, that, that's how we're gonna win. So if you can tie those two together in a way that um, doesn't, I, I think there's nothing more frustrating for a customer than to buy something from somebody and then the operation team is different and they deliver something different and they mm -hmm. say, well, that's not what I sold or operations teams like, well, this is how we operate. So th then there's not the ability to point fingers. It's, it's all one team in one mm -hmm. business that's serving one customer, you know, from that scenario. As far as the similarities or differences like between like the, the customer and the crews, I, I think there's a lot of similarities in the fact that all people are different mm -hmm. and you have to figure out what their motivations are. Some people are motivated purely by money. Some people are motivated by purpose. Some people are motivated by, um, you know, I, I don't know, there, there, there's a lot of different um, and maybe like combinations of each. Um, and so how do you, how do you get um, to understand where people are at and what motivates them and uh, what, I guess, how do you get the most out of them is ultimately what it, what it comes and, down to. So it is a little bit different than the customer side, but it's still similar. You have to recognize people's um, desires and um, strengths and weaknesses. And is that something that you can just ask somebody like what motivates you or will people not be honest and you have to spend time observing and kind of reading between the lines? Yeah. I, some people you can ask, um, but most people, I think you have to, you know, try to spend time and understand what, what's actually motivating. Some people just straight up tell you, like, you know, this is, I just want to make more money or I'm motivated by, you know, helping other people and, uh, um, you know, delivering a great service to somebody. So that, that some people, <clears throat> some people will, but. I think most people probably on the surface will tell you they want to do it for the right reasons mm -hmm. and it's not about the money. Um, so it's, it is, it, there is some differences there for sure. So you're managing. So yeah. And you said 20, 28 years you've been with FCP. I think that's probably accurate. Wow. Um, somewhere around true. there. That's so a long time. Mm -hmm. What's the if if we're looking at it from say maybe chapters or um kind of I don't know seasons of your career there. So 
you know, the starting off as a painter is one and then growing and doing sales and management and project management was another. What was the next progression? Yeah, once, um, so I was doing sales and managing um, in, in the Minnesota market. Then we had an opportunity to do work nationally. Um, this actually with Lowe's um, was the first national side. And Chip at the time was, he wasn't necessarily interested in uh, probably even working if, 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 if I wanna phrase it correctly, I'm not sure, but he certainly didn't wanna go on the road and work. Um, and so he told me, hey, if you wanna do this, I'll support you in it, but it's gotta be you that's gonna go do it. So that was really a next chapter. I um, handed off all the stuff I was doing on a local level to someone else. And then I uh, just went full-time on that national um, project. So that included everything from doing you know, sales to operations I actually went out in the field back into the field and worked I went and worked actually um, you know day and night sometimes to understand what actually is going to happen and how is this going to work so I I went out and I think there was you know maybe six or seven um, other guys on the crew that I ran and we went and figured out how to do um, these stores so that was uh, that was probably the next chapter in my life, um, or as as far as a career side. And what do you think was the difference between why Chip um, didn't want to, and what like what was the motivation for you? Why why yeah, what was that difference? Yeah, I think um, you know it was a really intriguing opportunity, and like I don't know, I was I, I like a challenge, and uh, I always think there's a way to figure it out. Um, so. Yeah. And Chip wasn't, wasn't interested just at the stage of his life to go and be on the road because that's, that's you know, a fairly challenging thing for sure. Um, so he supported me great in that and kind of let me do whatever I wanted to do. And we, uh, we learned a lot of lessons um, through that. Um, probably a lot of lessons of hard knocks. Um, <laughs> any, but, any, any particular, uh, I don't know, highlights come to mind? um or debacles like, uh yeah i could probably tell stories for uh for years i mean th th there's just so many different challenges when you're on the road you're all of a sudden dealing with people um that are away from home um they're living in hotels um when they're not working they're looking for something to do so that can create challenges as well um good and bad um and yeah, so there, there's, um, we were working in an, we still do this all the time, but in an open store environment, that was a totally new experience. Um, we were working overnights on some of the areas. Um, so that, that was completely new. Um, but yeah, we had, I mean, that was a great, great time and a great experience and a lot of learning. Um, there was plenty of times where I thought, oh shoot, or for sure, um, this is the end. Because really, we only had one customer at the time. And the, the guy that ran it um, was probably as difficult as of a person 
to deal with as ever and uh, had just completely unrealistic expectations on a lot of things. But it taught us a lot about how to deliver a really great project. Um, so in some ways, it, you know, it was good, but it, it, there was a lot of challenges with that. But we had, we had you know, things that like one of our, one of our crews um, was working at a store and they decided to go uh, um, drive out into a field behind one of the stores. It was like a rural area actually. And they, uh, I don't know what their whole motivations were, but they ended up uh, getting stuck and it was tall grass. I actually burned the truck up. And uh, that, that was uh, um, not, not that great. Um, there was a time when, uh, you know, they hit, they were inside the store painting something and they hit um, the sprinkler system, I think, I don't know, with a, with, with a lift or something, but it set off the sprinkler system inside the store. Luckily, it was only one section, so it flooded out, I don't know, huge section, you know, and that ended up, uh, you know, we ended up buying pallets and pallets and pallets of drills and you name it. I don't know. There was all kinds of stuff. Um, we had some people um, not follow safety protocol that was put in place that got hurt. Um, those, those were super tough moments. They still, um, yeah, they, they would make me nervous. We've had, you know, accidents um, with vehicles people yeah probably weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing um so th th those are all challenges like where you think is it worth it are it will the customer fire us um how do you overcome those so a lot of sleepless nights um in those early days a lot of stress um but it it really made you focus on like what you can control and how can you control it? Cause you know, you're from afar, everything's um, different than if you can just go visit the site every day. So that kind of helped us build the business the way we built it um, from a remote perspective. But that's, um, yeah, I, I know we had another one where maybe there was some paint that washed off the wall when, uh, um, it rained and they had just painted or something and some of it had supposedly went down a drain um, and the EPA got called and the uh, um, you know it really wasn't from us it was actually someone had probably from the store had dumped a bunch of sheetrock dust down the uh, or bags down the uh, uh, storm drain but so it ended up being some really big um, yeah just, I don't know, debacles really. And, uh, but we figured out ways to deal with, it helped us really understand how do you deal with when a problem comes up and uh, the customer's not happy with it. Um, how do you deal with that and overcome that? Cause there's, you know, there's two options. You can probably get upset and uh, 
dig your heels in, or you can figure out a way to work through it together with them. And that, that's sort of an art, or it is an art, and it's not it's not always easy. Um, and so th those were those are um, it was a fast track of learning there for sure. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.